Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We are an anime podcast where every two weeks we discuss an anime after having watched it. And then we turn the conversation over to you, the comment section, the listeners, to expand upon whatever we've discussed. Tell us why we're right. Tell us why we're wrong. For we are just three Bakas. And I need the help of those Bakas to help me discuss tonight's anime. So we're going to start with the Jack Skellington to my Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Jeremy. Hey. So... I couldn't help but think of Konosuba, and I don't know whether to blame it on having watched the spinoff recently or if it's just because there are some similarities here. Like, I got a real Konosuba vibe from this. So, if you want to watch a a better show, and I don't think, you know, Jason, you made this comment in pre-show that it doesn't seem like they're ripping Konosuba off, and I agree. But if you want to watch a show that is is more entertaining uh, and is a, a comedic satire of like isekai or something, which this is an isekai. Um, Konosuba would probably be good for it, but it's still pretty cool. But hey, you know, that's that's for the, <laughs> the non-spoiler review. <laughs> the amount oh. of off the rails. <laughs> you just need to Choo-choo. say the name of an anime. And yeah. You're like five months off the Let's road. Let's go. <laughs> also, you picked that last week or last episode. I know. I, know. I was thinking about that too. I was like, oh man, am I going to do it twice? But yeah, I gave it a lot of thought. I couldn't think of another one that fit. All right. We also have the Skeletor to my He-Man. It's Jason. I really hated the comic artist. Mm. What is this, what's the full <laughs> title, Jeremy, of that? Uh, the comic artist and his assistants. Uh, his assaults? Uh, okay. Yeah, that's the entertaining part. <laughs> hard to disagree <laughs> the panty song is the best and my name is Troy <laughs> and I'm gonna go with Fooly Cooly just because it needs to be brought up on a regular basis <laughs> one of my favorites <laughs> and funny to be that's the worst it is not <laughs> the worst <laughs> <laughs> like on nobody so many liked co- it Top 10 list of all time. All half Lily Cooley. What are you doing? <laughs> I fell into his trap. Very update. Yep. Okay. So the anime we are talking about that Jeremy gave his review basically on uh, is <laughs> yeah. the legendary hero is dead. Uh, this was Jeremy's pick. So Jeremy, any other thoughts you have um, <laughs> that are non-spoiler that you would like to share uh, about this yeah. anime? Yeah, so um, for the other side of the perspective here, I actually, you know, I I enjoyed parts of it. Um, I really love the idea that they were going with, and and I think that they executed it fairly well. Um, I I got a kick out of a lot of the jokes. The etchy mostly didn't bother me. Um, enjoyed it. It was fine. Um, but uh, there were a couple times where I was like, whoa, that's a little. That's a little creepy, <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't terrible. That was pretty rare. It wasn't terrible most of the time. Um, yeah, and and it was a very refreshing, at least 
in the in the sense that it wasn't an isekai, he wasn't overpowered, and it was a novel idea that I hadn't seen before. So for those things, I actually think it's 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 worth checking out. But you know, I, I don't know if you'll want to stay for the whole thing, but I think it might be worth checking out. All right, Jason, what's your non-spoiler thoughts? Um, I found the hue like so. Normally, these kinds of anime really bug me, um, and this one does for a couple of different points. But I'll get to those. But um, the jokes landed a lot of them, and I think the dub did a fin like the voice actors and actresses did a fantastic job with the comedic timing. Um. The one thing that always gets me about these animes is especially if our characters are underage in the U.S. Um, it always makes me feel weird and awkward as an older man, especially someone that has kids. So that right there always puts a shade on my experience. And after the first couple episodes, I was not happy. Like, I was just like, why are we watching this? But then as the show went on, like, the story's not, you know next level but the jokes landed after land and i got i found myself laughing a lot so um i have mixed feelings on it but you know it was i didn't hate my time with it i'm on the negative side for my review here but i i think the concept is great and really original i think they have something really good there and i think there's a lot of really strong fantasy anime satire in this um they're not wrong about some of the jokes landing really well and some of the stuff that they call out was fantastic i think they don't lean into it hard enough uh like they they didn't whoever wrote this didn't realize how strong their their humor is because the etchy stuff feels almost like almost like filler before we get to the good jokes to me uh, and just so you know etchy just isn't my humor style we we've talked about what's funny many times <laughs> on this podcast the edgy stuff just doesn't usually work for me. Uh, but there's there's really strong comedy here. Can you explain humor for me? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's ha 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 ha. Have, have you heard of the Joker? <laughs> so um, so I I think there's like some really strong stuff in the fundamentals or in the foundation of this anime. Um, but I I feel they don't trust their concept enough, and they didn't trust in their own jokes enough, or they just didn't they wanted to do the etchy stuff and it just didn't work for me overall i'm left kind of giving it the thumbs down but there's some really good stuff in here and, and if etchy is your kind of stuff i think this is a really strong anime for, for those who like that type of humor. Mm -hmm. all right your guys' thoughts on the opening and the closing <laughs> they're okay um i think the ending song was a bit catchy uh or no, 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 it was the OP song that was a little catchy, but um, I don't know. Like I watched them a couple of times and I still have a hard time remembering a lot of what happened. So, um, yeah, yeah, the uh, I every time the OP started, I just got like this thriller <laughs> vibe. Like, and then a lot of the other parts of the OP just felt like 90s to me. It was it was really crazy. Um so I enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, I liked the uh, the character introductions and everything in it. Um, 
I also got a kick out of him putting stockings on turnips in the intro <laughs> and, and having or not turnips. I know they're daikon radishes. And then uh, also like just just some of the different shots that once you had heard the jokes, the shots made more sense. And so I I kind of chuckled <laughs> whenever I saw him in the OP later. Um, and uh, the ED, um, I did see one episode where they actually had the lyrics up where I could read them. <laughs> And it was kind of funny because it was all about a honey trap. The ending <laughs> takes a next level when you see, like, they, whatever Crunchyroll is doing, they don't adapt the, the, the lyrics until later. And then suddenly you see the lyrics, and you're yeah. like, oh, dang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Something about, like, yep. you saw a flash of pink, and now you're coming in. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, know. I was like, wow. Did honey, not think honey. that was what I was honey, hearing. Honey. Trap, right? trap. Yeah, yeah. So I, I enjoyed them. They were both fun. Um, like I said, when the lyrics came up for the ending, it took another level. And then I was like, OK, I do enjoy this. I, I, until that point, I was like, it's just really bubbly. And I don't get why they're all just staring at the radishes. But then the lyrics hit. And I'm like, I it just all clicked. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about radishes anymore. <laughs> but I, I say this not as a joke, not as a, uh, a ribbing of the anime. My favorite part of this whole anime is the opening every single time i was so excited for the anime to start every time because that opening was so good to me um not only does it when the its lyrics popped up they fit perfectly with the theme mm-hmm. about how you know we're all we're all dying so let's just dance and party dance away the night away <laughs> um the shot of the character Henri like jumping up in the middle of it right as the chorus starts and like waving her arms to the air hits perfectly every time it's right on the beat uh it was good, and it had, like I said, the lyrics gave me the um, always look on the bright side of life type of feel. Like, it's a, <sighs> a very, things are the worst, let's laugh at it, uh, which, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it works for me. Uh, probably adding this song to my playlist. I liked it that much. Ha, 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 Yeah. It was good. <laughs> All right. That is our end of our non-spoiler section. But before we go on, our next anime is going to be Pluto on, and this is on Netflix. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want, No, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. I'm going to pull back the curtain. <laughs> anyway, uh, just a, a heads up. I do think it, Jason, would you say it's a mature themed? <laughs> Uh yes. Okay, it's got mature theme, but also the the one big thing, and I almost didn't pick this because of it. It is not a normal episode structure. It is eight episodes that are an hour long. Um, most of our anime we try to keep, you know, with that twelve episode, thirteen episodes of half hour. So this is going to be longer than usual. I I actually talked to both these guys before I even picked it. Make sure like, hey, is this something we can all do? So hopefully, if you follow along with us, that can gel with your schedule. But you know about podcasts is we'll be late anyway so you probably have time uh what is pluto though i should explain it is a storyline from astro boy uh created by i think it's the son of the creator of astro boy and another guy they adapted one of these storylines and turned it into like a murder mystery blade runner type story and uh with you know astro boy still in it but he's not the main character now let's focusing on a detective solving a, a murder mystery so that's what we'll be watching All right, now it is time for the spoiler warnings. 
So we will be talking about the legendary hero is dead. All the first 12 episodes. If it gets more seasons, this is just the first season. And we'll be giving spoilers on story characters, theories. We have, we have not read anything ahead. So we'll just let you know what we know. All right. Spoiler warning's been dropped. We're moving forward. We are in a fantasy world where demons have emerged from the gates of hell and are now plaguing humanity for this, at least the second time that we know about. Yeah. Just three years ago, they were defeated by a, a legendary hero. And now, uh, uh, three years later, the gates opened again. Three months have passed since that. And we meet our main character, who is just a farmer named Toka who only grows radishes so that he can put stockings on them yeah. because he has a huge stocking and thighs fetish. That's about need... as deep as he gets. Yeah, you don't, <laughs> this... you don't need any other vegetable or food to live. Just a radish. It tastes good. And it's wonderful. And you can put stockings on it. This, this didn't work for me. Um, and actually normally doesn't work for me, but like, I think one of the nice things between this and others is that at least the pervy stuff that happens related specifically to our main character um, is fairly tame as far as Echi, because not only is he attempting to clothe said leg in his fetish, <laughs> um, but the majority of the time when like the, I did. I did like this. Not once did our main character fall on top of another busty girl and then have his hands on her boobs. Like that did not happen. Yeah, I was actually very happy about that. Um, but he's uh, he's kind of the worst. But what I one of the things I appreciated about him, which was called out later on, is when it mattered, he stepped up, even if he was ill prepared. So I did like the hero aspect in him. But it was always towards the goal of I'm going to get to more thighs. But one thing I'll say in his defense, it does seem he's more interested in the chase of it than he is actually obtaining it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also to your point, um, a lot of times in, in anime where that are etchy, you do wind up with scenarios where you have like really underage characters that make you really uncomfortable. And I was wondering if that was going to happen with Henri. And I love the fact that his immediate response was, she's like, oh, you don't want to put stockings on me? And he's like, uh, those are burdock roots. Those are burdock roots. And I had to look them up. And I'm like, okay, so why is he saying burdock roots? And they're like these super thin, like gnarly little roots. In, and In the dub, he says carrot sticks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And, and after great. that, like, there's a, a couple implications of, hey, I want to spend my life with you. But like past yeah. that, like, yeah, she's not sexualized throughout the yeah, there's no anime, which, which was nice. That was great. Yeah. So that to your point, the anime kind of it it stepped away from some of the tropes that I would expect from Echi. And I appreciated that. Um, and at the same time, also, I was thinking about it as well, because I was thinking, oh, man, as I'm watching, it, I'm like, OK, Jason's going to hate this. <laughs> so so what are my thoughts? I need to, like, really clarify my thoughts on the main character's uh, uh, perviness. Like, what is it that I'm all right with and what is it that I'm not? And I kept coming back to the fact that, yeah, he's just like he wants to put stockings on. So like you were saying, you know, he's trying to clothe them. But the other half of that is and nothing else. <laughs> so he's like his, the whole thing is naked with stockings. 
Dude, so I'm like, okay, I, I don't know if I can completely defend that. It's really funny, though. I got a kick out of it. Um, but, <clears throat> excuse me. I enjoyed the character. I don't think that the characters are really the strong suit of this anime. And, um, yeah, the main character is no exception to that, for me, at least. Uh, he was entertaining. His joke didn't get old. I didn't get irritated by it or, or tired of it or anything. Um, and it was funny watching him get a comeuppance every now and then. But overall, I thought he was handling a very difficult situation in a pretty mature way. Um, and more realistic than, than I've seen a lot of anime handle it where like he's not trying to be the hero he's sort of being forced into being the hero and that sticks he never is seeking out an opportunity to be heroic he's always just responding to the situation with whatever he must do to survive and to keep those around him alive there were a couple of times where it had like that really tropey oh, i'm going to do everything i can to protect you you're the most important i've got to save you you know which that's also just like a harem anime trope that you're, you're going to see. You can't get away from that. But uh, I don't know. It was kind of comforting. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> it's familiar. Uh, to touch on some stuff that you guys haven't. Well, I, I think mostly he's he's a fine character. Um, I, They really they started him off as like he's just a farmer and then he's having to deal with these fantasy world situations and then even poking fun at like, the fantasy stuff is so extra that if you're just practical and logical, you can usually just get right past it. Um, and he's doing a great job of that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, but actually he is special trained and he he knows how to fight. And also it wasn't just a farmer. That's kind of what I meant when I when I was earlier saying they didn't stick to their their guns here because um, I liked it better when he was just a farmer, even if it was just for the, the radishes. Um, the edgy stuff, I. At le- the thigh thing, at least, is new to me. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, it, it, was wasn't, me too. it wasn't the exact same as every other pervy character. I don't think pervy characters like this can be the main character. I just don't think it works. Maybe it doesn't just work for me, but I, I don't mind them as much when they're side characters and they like they come in and they make the joke and they get hit on the head and they go back to being a side character. And there are side characters that happens to. And I, I had no issue with any of their jokes. Like, up, oh, that's that is how that joke is handled. But then when he's the main character, he's not getting punished every time because we don't have time for that. And then he just kind of seems like he's assaulting a lot, <laughs> um, and <laughs> and getting away with it. Yeah, guys, he didn't, do, but he he did take over a woman's body so that he could go fondle it alone. <laughs> Isn't that just like? The implied thing in every show, though, when when you have a body switch between a guy and a girl, isn't that just always implied that that the guy is yeah, going to be pervy? But he wasn't like forced into a body switch. He literally manipulated the situation yeah. to put himself into a body switch. So it's but that's a little what made bit it funny. That's what made it funny because it was like what it what it did is it took the implication that's always there, and it was the like no no we're just going to say it right out. The in implication the front, like. of sexual assault. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, sorry. No, that's. A, I, I'm making He's a reference. Saving your to life, a, right? I'm making a reference to Sunny in Philadelphia, not not this. Oh, no, I'm oh. trying to make a point. Sorry. <laughs> I found, I did find it like weird, and I wasn't a big fan of that joke. 
what I did like about that joke was that the one time he finally gets his alone time and he attempts to do the thing, he gets attacked. So that that was that paid off fairly well. Annie um, finds out that the whole time she's been like watching him, <laughs> hovering over his shoulder, watching everything he's doing. All right. Well, <laughs> he mostly didn't work for me. Uh, he does have some good jokes though, and like his plans, I, I because they were like practical and straightforward. I that was working for me. I'm just a farmer. Why? Oh, I can turn the sword into anything. Why wouldn't I just make a wall yeah. for the floor? I don't need to make a super powerful sword. I have shape shifting abilities. This is so powerful. Um, yeah. So stuff worked mostly didn't. Especially in the different scenes where like he would create something to hide, but it was not effective. And so like the bad guy is like, what are we supposed to do about the last one that's right here? And they're like poking his camouflage. <laughs> Had some great moments like that. Uh, the other character we we see who we're introduced because she's there to yell at him. Best friend character, female. I hate how pervy you are. I spend all my time with you. Um, <laughs> this is uh, Yuna. Your guys' thoughts on Yuna? Um, she served as the character you just described. Uh, I. <laughs> It's it's fr- again it's frustrating that all these characters are underage in the U.S. Um, however, like her lines worked most of the time until we got into the later episodes when she started like really accepting him for who he was, which I was like, don't don't do that, don't don't give him legitimacy. <laughs> um, yep. And 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 also she's gone for like four episodes, so it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, I. I have a couple mixed feelings. The jokes that she was in tended to land, but I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of her. Um, just I just want to mention it just to give my opinion on it. But um, did you hear the ages of like Yuna and the others? I looked it up, so you are correct. They're like she's seventeen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah her sister's six. No. But yeah, I looked it up. There's there's six. So it, it's based off of her younger sister, who is 16, who we haven't gotten to yet. That is explicitly stated. And then it says, mm-hmm. and I believe somewhere in there, they mention about a year or a little more older was her older ah. sister. Therefore, 17 is kind of where it is. Um, and then Henri is like 14. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Henri, I can understand it. With the other two, they just they looked more like adult characters to me. So it just doesn't even in my head like they're not. Then make them 21 or 20. Like, yeah, I, and I'd be fine with that. I don't get it. But this anime is made for 16, 17. That's their target audience. Yeah, they, they, that's true. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, we're 40 wow. year old men and one of us chose to watch. <laughs> no, no, but. I, to so be like, fair. <laughs> when, so when I watch these, I assume that the audience that's supposed to be watching this is the same age as the audience is the characters, and then that changes. Yeah, as a four-year-old man, I feel creepy, but I also feel that when I watch. Wow, what are you Saved by you the watch? Bell? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Of, I guess I mean, that's this, a good point. You know, that's a. 
that's a good point because yeah the the characters they are the same age they're going after each other yeah i can i I can uh, get that the reason i got i think the etchy raunchy teen romance yeah okay so if i went back and watched american pie that's still really old is there do they make raunchy teen romance comedies anymore i don't think so But American Pie, other... when I watched American Pie, I was the same age as the people in American Pie. I had no issue with anything going on. As a 40-year-old man, I go watch that. Well, now that character is 17 and I'm 40. But it was 17 when I when I first watched it. So, But are are there any mostly nude or nude characters oh, yeah. in that that are portrayed as 17 or younger? American oh, yeah. Pie, yeah, and some very sexually explicit, you know, for females and males, they're doing sexually explicit mm-hmm. stuff in that movie. Yeah, actually, that's that's one of the things this anime does well as well as well as uh, equal opportunity. Actually, yeah, yes, it does. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So back to the topic of Yuna. Um, I I love the fact that she was basically like the the monk, the melee fighter that would come in and punch. And I didn't expect that. And I was kind of wondering where they were going to go with with her as a character because she wanted to be a mage, but she only has like level one baby mage mana. So. It didn't look like that was going to be a possibility. And uh, yeah, I I enjoyed that aspect of her. I also I kind of enjoyed the fact that her initial um, her initial understanding of what had happened in the past put him in a bad light for her, Toka, in a bad light. And then over time that changed. I thought that was a nice arc for their relationship as characters. Now, maybe there's maybe he didn't necessarily Maybe his perviness makes it so that it's difficult to consider him having earned it, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, it, it is, um, I don't know, recognition for something that he did that she wasn't aware of. And that that was cool. Um, so I, I liked what she contributed to the in, in the character arcs, what little there was of them. And I also got a kick out of the entire zombie scenario. Just it was great. <laughs> I like what they initially were setting up with her farm girl who who's so used to bashing her buddy around because of his perviness that she just like you said, it was a perfect monk smashing fighter mm-hmm. and that translated. And then her sister and dad show up and her sister's a legendary hero and her yeah. dad was a member of the legendary <laughs> heroes party. And I'm like, oh, n- never mind, I guess. <laughs> I guess she's like. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it bugs me so much that they just couldn't stick to it. Yes, yeah, and and her dad's like, I don't want you to do magic, but your other sister can be a legendary hero, and I have no issue Who's with that. Who's younger? Who's younger? And yeah. I'm like, this feels really inconsistent and out of left field. I didn't, I had no feel for that in the first half of the the anime, and then they just show up and they're like, oh yeah, we're all legendary characters. You didn't know we're all super connected to the main plot. And, oh. That's, yeah, that's it was really weird. Said it was about. Yeah, to, even to the point where Toka is like, <clears throat> "Oh yeah, her family are a bunch of great fighters." <laughs> like he has to actually say it to us. <laughs> like, whoops, forgot to mention that. But but like you said, I I loved what <clears throat> they were doing with her. Of like, I want to be a mage. Loses the wand immediately. Has a super low <laughs> mana. But hey, I'm really good at punching. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was some some cool stuff. Her her zombie stuff was interesting I, I did mostly enjoy that arc and i like that they committed to those arcs it wasn't like oh she's a zombie for five minutes and then everything's fine it's 
what they do with consequences, they stick to those consequences and have to play them out. And I do like that the anime does that. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have our two characters. They're arguing about thighs and <laughs> and radishes and a, and uh-huh. a demon shows up. And he's like, oh, this is perfect. I had dug a demon trap because he had to protect his radishes. And then she's getting attacked by the demon. So he comes with this plan. I'm going to cook meat over a grill and, and bring the, the demon over to my trap. Um, but it doesn't work. But the legendary hero shows up and slays the demon. And he's like, hey, it's Yuna. And Yuna's like, you remember me? He's like, yeah, when I saved you three years ago, I do remember you. And she's like, oh, she obviously has a very big crush on him. And she's like, well, why don't you come over for lunch? I'm going to feed you. To- Toka's all freaking out. Like, where's my freaking lunch? I was helping, too. Uh-huh. But the hero smells delicious pork and wanders over to it because he's starving and he falls into the demon trap and dies. And then the villagers are all super pissed about it, <laughs> but they help him hide the body because they don't want to be the village <laughs> that killed the hero. Yes. I think the and- one nice thing, like, and we've talked about this before with other anime, like, in the first 10 minutes, this anime is going, we are not serious. Do not take us seriously. Mm-hmm. And I I did appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. I love the constant battle for the rest of the anime of who he's the guy who slayed the hero. Like he's this great warrior. And he's like, I did nothing. The guy was an yeah. idiot who walked into a hole. <laughs> um, but uh, Toka wakes up in the morning and now he is in the hero's body, whose name is, is Shion, by the way. But uh, he now has Shion's appearance. And so he runs over to Yuna First, just to talk to her, but he finds he can manipulate her to change into a bikini and stockings because of her yeah. crush. But she, she figures out what's going on, and then they hear a voice calling for help. Someone else has fallen into the pit, but has survived. And this is where they find a young necromancer named Henri. Um, and she's the one who has switched the bodies. And she's like, well, The hero promised me that I would, or I promised the hero that I would protect his body and have someone carry on his work if he ever died and since you were able to slay him you're the most the best candidate so you have to do this and he's like well i want to be put back in my body she's like no i'm wearing it in a necklace she has like a little coffin charm with his body shrunk down and stuck in it so he has to be the hero this character is Henri. we need to talk about her we've mentioned her a couple times but what do you guys think of Henri? Besides her necromancy, she's a near useless character. She's constantly <laughs> needing to be saved. She's got knowledge of how magic works, and she's also a what? Troy's <laughs> like, I disagree so hard right now. <laughs> it's a weird statement. Okay, you're like, you know, besides Batman's money and tech and martial arts and muscles, he's a useless character. <laughs> What what I mean by that is that she's she's this uh, tool to describe things to the audience, and that's about it. And I didn't find her compelling. She's literally the most useful ca- character in the whole party. Like everything always hinges on her. She has to do all the work. <laughs> but it's it's always this MacGuffin of oh, I used necromancy, I saved the day, and then it's just like fights over, and it's just like okay, great. What one of my biggest praises of this is was showing that like yeah necromancy yeah we always put that off for like villains but it is literally the most useful magic 
ever. <laughs> it is so yeah. strong. I, you could do so much with it that I, yeah, I really appreciated that they, yeah, and <laughs> and just bring them back. Like, oh, you killed them, and they're back. Oh, that's a zombie, and now they're not. Oh, you have demons, and now they're mine. So, so then the then the question comes up: Why didn't they just re- resurrect Shion? I think his soul was stolen. He he said that the body or the living person is composed of three forces and he lost his life force. I also, I there my theory is that it, the ending, he will come back. Right. They're already, they're already kind of bringing him back, but I do think eventually Shion will be fully alive again. Right. Which makes this whole thing just like, doesn't make sense to me. That would be interesting. It's necromancy. Brings the dead yeah. back to it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's this Deus Ex Machina constantly for every episode. It's like, okay, this is getting old. No, no, it's not. Oh, we're it, in it, trouble. It's... Necromancy, we win. Next episode. It's not, it's not a thing they just bring it at the end to save the day, which is what a, whatever you said. I'll never say it right. <laughs> Deus Ex Machina is. If you establish it from the beginning and set up the rules and use it over and over again and keep it within a limit, that's not Deus Ex Machina. That's just story. Well, I didn't like said story. <laughs> yeah, I I love it because I, I remember uh, every time that we played like uh, when I played Warcraft 3 and then when we played Heroes of the Storm and Diablo, like every time that there's necromancers, I always want to play those characters. And God, I, I want to call him Kel'Thuzad, but I know that's not the right one. Who's the necromancer from Heroes of the Storm that's also Diablo? Come on, you guys must remember his name. I can't uh, remember his name. Yeah, I mean, but technically, it, Cal- in Diablo, Cal- he's just ne- Necromancer, right? Oh, he's yeah, got a Diablo name, but it's just the Necromancer. But um, okay, well, and Kel'Thuzad is a Necromancer, BTW. as well. Yeah, but he's the one from Warcraft. Warcraft, correct? Yeah, Zool. So he's, Zool? he's a little bit Zul. 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 Yes. Yes. Um. So I, I love that every time that I see a, a necromancer character that they're really exploring what the necromancer can do. I I just love seeing that. Um, and in this case, I, I kind of have to side a little bit with Troy just in the sense that most of the time when she was <laughs> when she was doing her necromancy, they still had to do things in order to win. And she was usually just like keeping enemies at bay. Right. Like she would say, I've just barely wrenched control of the skeleton horde away or some of the demons. So, like, we have just a little bit of an edge, and if she loses that, then the other guy has the edge back, and he might stick around. But during that entire battle, like, they're still having to be in play and having to do things. Like, she doesn't just fire off her powers and win. Um, she just kind of gives them a chance is is more like what she does. And I kind of liked that. Um, but also with Henri, one of the things I really liked about her is just how naive dumb like i don't i don't want to say it in a negative way because i didn't actually have a negative perception of it in this case i found it entertaining because it was it was cute and it seemed to be something that was um necromancer specific because we saw it in diego we saw it in the other necromancers like what was the name of her brother whoever her brother is we saw it we saw it for him too like they're just gullible (laughs) they seem to be really gullible and that is super entertaining. Um, so every time she did that, uh, it was great. She seemed to always think the best of people, even when um, 
you know, there's every indication that you probably shouldn't. So how much she was on right. Team Toka. Like <laughs> yeah. Toka's the greatest. And everyone's like, he is <laughs> he is not. He's not what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Made her adorable. Uh, yeah, I, I found I found her her cheerleader position on the team for Toka fantastic. The the making the necromancer the good guy of you know and the most powerful on the team is something like it's usually hey i'm the necromancer i'm the villain um and they make necromancers necromancers the villain but the series is very much building up to humans are the the ultimate bad guys of this whole thing the demons are just looking for food and the necromancers got persecuted but really this is and even the op kind of hints at it the king's the bad guy right mm-hmm. um and so Henri is the connection to that uh you know, cause, and what we're going to find out, the fact that she's got a demon heart. And I think also super fascinating, the we we don't get sad about death because we, death is so different to us in the way we control it and and can manipulate it. So I don't get sad about death. But then she has to go through this whole thing of like, well, no, I do care about someone and don't want them to die. Her whole worldview gets changed. But, yeah, most useless character in the whole show. Sure. Thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right so uh yeah there th- this trio has formed an adventure group and they go to the city of bellum to get supplies and we see toka going around just getting stuff like hey i got a wand you know, that, that you know wanted and, and oh, these girls are flirting with me because he's using the hero's popularity, even though everyone keeps mentioning he stinks. <laughs> he's pretty <laughs> smelly because as we'll come to find out, uh, you need man mana magic to regenerate your zombie body so that it stays fresh. But he doesn't have any. So he's just a zombie. He's decaying. Just so call him Michael Afton. That name sounds familiar. Oh, come on. You do this to him every time, Jason. <laughs> now I have to look it up. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. Don't. Don't do it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I knew I knew that name. You know, they complained about a smell. <gasps> okay. Excellent. All right. And um, most watched movie on Peacock, by the way. Anyways. Wow. We're reviewing this in, right? Let's go. <laughs> He gets in a fight with these girls that he's flirted with, their bodyguard, because they want, they're like, oh, he's like, I want to, I fought with the hero once, and I've always wanted, you promised, the hero promised me he would fight me, so let's, let's have that battle. And he's like, okay, I gotta press these girls. So he takes out the sacred magic sword, and he hits the guy with it, and it's like a limp noodle. (laughs) (laughs) It does not work. (laughs) And they're like, this is not the hero, he sucks, let's tie him up, he's a fake. There's so many dick jokes with this sword, it just cracks me up every time. (laughs) Well, well, and also we find <laughs> we find out that like they're having a hero imposter problem because they've got yeah. this yeah. pile of fake sacred swords, fake sacred swords. Mm-hmm. and it's like, how do you have this big of a problem of imposters? He just died, and no one knows it. So like, <laughs> plus, plus this bodyguard looks like he's the bastard son of the king <laughs> later, like. I have no idea what's going on there, but they drew him exactly like they drew the king. Did they? Yes. Look at his face and look at the king's face. 
Uh, anyway, so Toka gets tied up, and meanwhile, Andre and Yuna find out that there's going to be a demon hunt in this city, and that whoever slays the most demons is going to get a big cash prize. So they want to do that, and they meet Kyle. But why do they need the money? Uh, well, right now they just need supplies. They're going to need it even more here in a little bit. But Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I um, thought we were there, but we're not. Yeah, well, they find out when they meet up back up with Toka, I think, that, hey, that wand, you do have to pay for it. And that other stuff you got, you do have to pay for that. Um, he was yeah. just thinking he got stuff for free. Well, I think he got it for free until they accused him of being an imposter. I guess that's true. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Kyle shows up, and Kyle is this tall, blonde former companion of the uh adventurer and he's like hey i can attest that this is the real hero let him hold the sacred sword he's like hey don't imagine it uh bigger and it turns into a giant sword um he's like see he's the he's the real deal and i'm gonna go on this demon hunt with him and kyle knows the truth but he's willing to help and then they all go meet and then we find out that kyle wants to take the body yeah, Kyle's got problems. <laughs> Kyle's got issues. He's yeah. he's he's a, a perfect specimen. But Shion yes. was always just a little better. So if he could be Shion, that would be perfect. Um, I love but, how every time we see him after a long break where we haven't seen him, he gets a new title card. And it has like new text about him. And it's like the pinnacle of humanity. Basically a god. <laughs> you know? I, I should call out, as someone who writes notes, thank you for title cards. I love title cards. Title cards are yeah. my favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, so at first he kind of like, maybe I should just kill him right here, but I won't because I'm a good guy. I'm on your team. But that night he does try to sneak in and and take the the body. But The li we, living coffin thing. Yeah, yeah, Toko only sees this because he had been sneaking in to put stockings on yuna at the same time yeah. and then yuna wakes up with a stocking after kyle almost gets caught and she's like oh well it must have been toka i'm wearing a stocking now i'm wearing a stocking <laughs> so they all go on the hunt the next day and kyle plays dumb and they get to the demon base <laughs> and, and they see this red-haired twin speared i, I don't it's funnier if you don't know his name. They say his name every time, but it's honestly, I found it funnier that I can't remember his name. And they're like, oh, and Kyle's like, oh, yeah, that guy, he slayed a hundred demons in one time once. And he is the classic mysterious ally character that so many anime do. You know, Tuxedo Mask or just anything. Mm -hmm. where, hey, that guy showed up and he saved the day. And he's knocked unconscious instantly. <laughs> <laughs> this becomes a running gag for this character that is one of my favorite things about this whole series. It is a perfect satire of that character and how weird it is that they even exist all the time. Yeah. Um, anyway, they have to fight this. I guess he's a medium power demon. You can look look at a demon's head color and know how strong they are. This one has a black head. So it's white, then black, then red. Um and they, they have this big fight with it. Toka's like, here's a plan. Let's all run away. <laughs> so they do. Eventually, Kyle fights it and kills it and then takes its heart. And we find out these 
Um, we've already been introduced to the magic crystal. So if you have a crystal, you can use a spell, but they're actually demon hearts. So whatever power the demon had, when you have their heart, you can put mana into it, and then you can use that spell yourself. Dude, this is Path of Exile. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually really like this and really like the system, and it was very... It was yeah. a perfect explanation of a video game system of like, hey, if I have this crystal, I can cast this spell and why it would happen that way. Mm-hmm. It was good. And I like this. I like the crystals. And then yeah. combining them, then they get you get different um, abilities from it. I, it was cool. Um, but more demons show up. So they all <laughs> Toka's like, let's run away to the fortress. If they're all in the woods, <laughs> there should be nothing <laughs> in the fortress. So they run into the fortress, but of course there's still more even there. And I love that when they open the door, the demons that are in there are like reclining. They're just kind of lounging. They're like, oh, hey. <laughs> Welcome to our fortress. <laughs> and there's a ton of human skeletons on the ground, so Henri takes control of them to fight. But there's a demon who spits out melting acid, but it only melts what he wants to melt. So yes. uh, he hits Yuna and melts her clothes only. So she runs away. This is also satire. Like this yes. to me is just it's making fun of how why is this always the case? Like <laughs> and then later you find out it's because the demons are all perverts. And so that fits. It fits perfectly. But it cracked me up. It, yeah. In a lot of anime, there's always that acid, but it seems to only work on the girls clothes. When <laughs> yeah. they get hit, they never get like burnt. They always like, oh, I've been burnt. And my skin is perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> underneath. <laughs> so, yes, yep. you're right. Um, and it burned up her magic wand for, you know, the $10 million yeah. dollar one. So Toka and her go off and fight this thing, and he starts using the sword like a whip. Basically, he can tie it up, and then she's able to punch it. And she starts using this crystal that gives her super strength um, and is able to, to beat it. But then Kyle shows up, and he's like, oh, he actually knocks you down. He's like, okay, I'm going to kill you now, Toka, because I need the hero's body. Uh, and then they all end up having to fight him. He gets Henri, sprayed by the Henri acid. takes control of the acid demon, and he has it spray Kyle, and so Kyle loses all his clothes, but he's fine with it. He makes these so, uh, yellow stars for weapons, energy stars, and he just puts one right in front of his crotch. So one thing to note, because what you said is the, the demon melts only what it wants to melt, but it's being controlled by Henri. Yeah. So what did Henri want to melt? That is a good point. That is a good point. Henri, yeah, Henri seems to always, I mean, they were traveling companions, and even when he's clearly being evil, she seems to still want to trust him and, and be friends with him, too. So, um, But yeah, they get away from him, they hide, and eventually they get chased out onto this, they get him to, out onto this bridge, and he's like, well, there's clearly a trap, but then he goes for him, and Toka's like, yeah, it's super trap, because the whole bridge is actually the sword. Um, and now I pulled it back, and so Kyle falls down into the ocean or river. Or I, He's gone. And this was this was one of those moments, or like this happens a lot, but like him, they hit the hallway, and he's like, "Here, I'll just make a replica of the wall behind us, so that when he comes in, he'll just think, oh, I need to go this way.' They must have gone that way mm. because it's just wall. Um, oh. I didn't see that coming. Like I was like, like that was." Instead of going, oh, I just need to be stronger and have more feeling to defeat this foe. No, I'm just going to hide from him so I can set a trap. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. digging. I was I was loving that when as soon as he realized he could shapeshift the sword, he's like, 
I don't need this as a weapon. This is the perfect tool for doing whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. So good. And the, and the whole bridge thing. Oh, you you're super powerful. You can do all this crazy stuff. Well, can you fly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, they get paid for defeating the demons, and they make a lot of money, but they're still massively in debt. So their next destination is to go to the capital and ask the king for money. And then we get a quick shot of bad guys who are planning to kill the princess. In the next story arc, uh, <laughs> we get a uh, montage of Toka just constantly getting injured <laughs> until the point where now he's just a skeleton. Lost all his, everything. Um, first, it was just his arm. I think that actually happened in the with the acid. No, that's what the first thing the acid hit, and he lost his whole arm, and it was just a skeleton. That's right. So it should have melted skin if. Anyway. Well, it sounds like it melts whatever is dead. Like it melts things that aren't animate. Oh, so it wasn't. Close, so flesh. it wasn't by choice. I didn't get the impression it was by choice. I don't remember him ever saying that in the dub. Um, just that it only melts okay. clothing. Anywho. They come up with a plan to use the sword to create a mask around him and paint it with paint. It's great. Grape it's grapes. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, that's okay. That's my other thing about this fantasy series is it comes up more, but like they're like, hey, it's a magical world, so if they need to communicate across distances, they have radio watches, crystal watches. Yeah. Okay. But it seems and, like this is not something that just anybody has. It seems like this is that, the guy's special that's, that's, enchanter. That's not my point. Okay. Then you have, hey, if you want to travel long distances, we have this magical carriage, which is just a car. And if you want to travel over this water, I have a magical skiff. It's a boat. It's a it's a motorboat. Mm-hmm. Now it bugs me in fantasy where they're like, oh, I can think of anything, but I'm just gonna use technology i know and per se magic like you don't need a watch it's magic <laughs> you don't have to have a radio it, watch it would be like That's one true. of them put like have a plate of say potatoes and they put it in this magical box that they put mana into and it cooks their food in three minutes like yeah yeah no that that's makes a sense. Mic- you just described the microwave right. yep right. It, it's a it's a pet peeve of mine with fantasy when they don't fantasy it up <laughs> yeah okay so yeah he uh they paint the face he goes and sees the king he's like king i need money and the king's like ha you're so good with the jokes you're here to marry my daughter i assume and Toka's like yeah let's do that and <laughs> so he's he's brought to the princess princess marguerite well that was his last off so i, I just to provide right. some context on his motivations he's like no that's a terrible idea. So the king's like, oh, well, you must be here to duel me then. Oh, and right. so he's like, actually, your daughter sounds lovely. And I love how he's like visualizing what Marguerite is supposed to look like. And you see like a picture of like the, the king, king with a wig. Just a smaller he calls, version. He calls her a gorilla. Gorilla, in, yeah. In the, in the uh, yep. Mark, by the, by the time he gets to the room, his face is like, the paint has melted off for some reason. And she's like, Oh my God, you're a skeleton. He's like, I was cursed, but I am the hero. So she lets him in and she's like, have you come back to be betrothed to me? And he's like, 
Yes, let's go with that. Um, this is Princess Marguerite because she's beautiful. Uh, your guys' thoughts on Marguerite? Jeremy, you go first. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure how I feel about this character. Okay. Um, I actually really liked Marguerite. Uh, she had some funny moments when it came to like her possessiveness over him, but she also had like a lot of really interesting eccentricities of her own, right? Like she has this essentially disease where she doesn't create her own mana anymore. She has to absorb mana from things. And so part of that manifests as like her consuming a ton of food, like gluttonously. And so her art even changes and she becomes massive after she does. But she's like, oh, it'll only last for like an hour. And then and seeing his reaction, he's like, oh, super luscious thighs. <laughs> it's not what I expected the joke to be from this. And so I was right. it was very funny. I cracked up at that. Um, and she's very sweet and she's almost um, motherly compared to the other girls. Like she's definitely more trained. She's more experienced. She's wizened compared to them, and yet she still has a bit of naivety of her own because all of that training has been done through a tutor in the castle, so she is very sheltered. Um, I liked the fact that she had this training, and so she she actually did have abilities. Like She was a very good archer. She's the archer of the group, is what I'm seeing. Um, and that was kind of cool. Because I was wondering where she was going to fit in, right? They've got their necromancer, they've got their monk, they've got their I don't know, thief, sneak guy. Um, what is she going to be? And so that that was an interesting fit because um, I'm always thinking about these as like party composition. Um, so, yeah, um, I liked her. She didn't she had she had a good character arc moment that was marred by a very gross <laughs> bit of storytelling to lead up to that moment. Um, but fortunately they didn't actually like act on the gross part of the storytelling. They, they wound up finding a way around it and just like using it as sort of a build up to, to have a, a better conclusion to the joke. Um, but yeah, I never had any problems with her. I guess she, she was okay. Um, I, she had some really good jokes that landed well, especially surrounding her possessiveness. Um, but yeah, she was just kind of there. Like she was another part of, like she was like Henri in the fact that they both kind of did all the heavy lifting as far as like, you know, when it came to combat. Um, but yeah, I, she was fine. Uh, yeah, I like the character. You know, she's, uh, I, I, just like some of the other characters, I like her a lot better when they introduce her. I'm like, oh, this whole I have to eat a ton, and then I be mm-hmm. actually become physically fat, and everyone's fine with that, and that, that that works. The whole I ate all year's worth of apples joke I thought was really funny. Uh, both showing that she's highly trained and skilled, and that you know she she eats a ton, and it was a super bummer to me. They just, okay, we're done with that now. Yeah, yeah she's twice. cured. Uh, yeah, that was it, sad. It, it was a it was a great character quirk that that made her different from other busty girls in in you know etchy series. So um, again, I felt like they didn't they didn't want to go all in on what they had set up. So, but otherwise, I, 
I, I, you know, she obviously is proficient. She gives them experience and training that they don't have. So, you know, by previous standards we've set, she's completely useless. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you agree. Okay. <laughs> uh, she, she asked him on a date because there's a masquerade coming up in a few days. Meanwhile, Henri and Yuna come across a man named Leland. I think he re- he pulls him aside because he recognizes Henri, um, what Henri is. Because Henri's wearing a mask. That's right. Necromancers, not supposed to go to town. Humans don't like them. And he figures out what Henri is. He, he pulls her in. He runs an orphanage. And he wears glasses so you can't always see his eyes. And he smiles a lot and has his eyes closed. So, um, totally good guy. Yeah, he, he totally looks like he would turn his daughter and his dog into a one single bean. So I was like, okay, well, you're the worst. Um, he looks a lot like that guy. I know this reference. Yeah, yeah. Anime okay. reference on an anime podcast. Who would have thought? Yeah. Wait, I don't get it. Neither, neither do I. That was, a dig, that was a dig on me, not you. Uh, anyway, yeah, so and he... He's like, hey, I'll, I'll help you guys. He tells him about the silver drops, right? So there's these potions you can drink that'll spike up your mana level temporarily. Uh, basically, fill it past your max. Um, but they're really expensive. He's like, well, I'll help you get some if I can experiment on Henri. And Yuna's... Okay, so the bravo to this, to this series. So Yuna has the thought like, oh, he's being creepy to my young friend. I should offer myself to him. And then it shows her like imagining taking off her clothes and be like, take me instead. But no, that's not her imagining. She does it. <laughs> she yeah. she stripped down is like, and he's like, no, that's creepy. Um, She's a necromancer. <laughs> and I want to see what necromancers do. Uh, this is also revealed by Eric. Necromancers have demon hearts. They're also from hell. So they would have crystals. Um, then they go off to do more hunting for money to buy these potions to help um, Toka and end up getting captured by these other hunters who are working with the demons. Did, did we mention that he continually decomposes because he's running out of mana all the time? Yeah. Kind we, of. We mentioned so, yeah, that he was decomposing, but I don't know if we mentioned why. So in order to yeah, so that's that's the problem with him being a level one mana is like the mana of an insect. They said um, is in order to keep up this corpse that he's controlling, he has to in regenerate because he can't regenerate. Is he ha- he needs mana to do it? He doesn't have the mana to do it, so he's continually degening, which is why he turned into a skeleton. So that's why they need these silver drops in order to boost his mana back up, so he can turn back to, into normal. Did they call them silver drops in the dub? Because they're they're called soma drops in the sub. Interesting. They might be soma. I wrote down silver though. I, I, I heard soma, but hmm. uh, maybe, maybe it must be soma. Then. Anyway, okay. I what I what I wanted to call it is that I really like that they kept him a zombie when his arm first turned into a skeleton i'm like oh that'll be fixed by the end of the episode they'll have okay Henri would be like okay i restore your arm or we figured this out 
Um, mm-hmm. They stuck to this as like, there's a consequence. He doesn't have the magic to regenerate and he's a skeleton for half this anime. <laughs> and then you know, someone else's body for the other half. Um, I just like that they had those long-term consequences. That's that's a positive for me. It, it also gives them the ammunition to later have there be some fear about whether he's going to run out of Soma Drops. I did think it was annoying. Like, part of me really liked it, but part of me also found it annoying that later on, it was okay for him to just, in an emergency situation, switch bodies, switch to this body, switch to that body, switch back to this body. Um, because that means that, you know, Henri could have let him do that at a previous time. Um, and that could have she solved mentioned, some of the problems, perhaps. She mentioned that there was consequences to doing it, and it could, like, ruin his soul. Yeah. Um, but end up killing generation. him. Yeah. They didn't end up sticking to that, which I didn't like. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they did, they did mention it, like, in the worst moments where they're like, oh, no, the condition he's in with the um, Soma Overload or whatever is... If he does go back now, he'll definitely degenerate. So they like they did kind of mention it, but it almost seemed like like you're saying it wasn't as big of an issue as they made it out to be, unless he's in the most extreme circumstances. Um, so I don't know. It was it was I thought that maybe was a little bit clumsy. I think it could have been handled a little bit tighter. Okay, I don't I don't think I fully agree. I, I was fine with it. I. I do remember. I didn't remember when he got back into his body for the first time. I was like, "Oh, why haven't we done that?" But you're right. They did say yeah. there was a problem. But it was the final battle, at least for the season. They're in the enemy base. Um, I don't mind them pulling out the stops. And then the the end scene, or one of the end scenes, is Henri like, "I I should pull him out, but that'll definitely kill him mm-hmm. if I do that." So I get it, but I just mm-hmm. maybe I didn't care enough. <laughs> plus. Maybe. Um, uh, our boy Toka gets his own room, but then he sneaks off to go find his friends, who like I mentioned have been captured, and he goes to the orphanage where Leland was, and he finds the princess there because Leland's her doctor for her uh, mana disease. And then we see Leland go downstairs and then put on the mask of the villain that we've already seen. And he has Yuna, and he's like, my thing is bones. <laughs> yeah, I'm really the into the best femurs I've got, ever seen. you got great femurs. <laughs> I love bones. And so his evil plan is to, to skin everyone, mm-hmm. use, use necromancy, feed the flesh to all the demons, which they need for food, and then everyone can just be necromancy skeletons, and then there will be no need for war. Not a Which, terrible plan, except for how creepy is about it. So it's it's it, not going to work. The plan it's the same plan that rogue AIs have of t- to keep human suffering at a minimum. We'll just remove all humans, and then there's no human yeah. suffering. But the humans would still be alive, just in skeletons. As skeletons, skeletons, and then they could dance that little skeleton dance. Yeah. But I'm sure that they would find like, oh, your skull has a different shape. There's an indentation that, here. Oh, yeah. I, is that like a '90s reference? Skeleton dance. Yeah, it's timeless. It's very, it's very <laughs> popular on TikTok still. Is it really? Oof. I, have, I have no idea. Probably. Oh, <laughs> my kids I'll know it, it and I didn't show it to them. So, um, but J- Jeremy, actually, 
when he said that, like, I'm going to turn everyone into skeletons and there won't be any, like, reason for prejudice, I was like, have you never read Dr. Seuss's The Sneetches? <laughs> right? They will find reasons. They will get yeah. two stars on their bellies. They'll do whatever yep. it takes to have prejudice. That is who we are. Yep. It's going to happen. <laughs> Great story, by the way, Dr. Seuss. A plus. See, now we're now we're back to the references that don't make any sense to anyone. <laughs> All right. In um, our age bracket. <laughs> Dr. Seuss is timeless, but I don't think the Sneetches has helped. So, so, quick, quick aside. My son comes in with, like, the stick, and he's, like, going, I'm so old. I just went and bought DVDs. And I was like, you... Oh. I was... That's funny, but also, <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> I mean, I remember Betamax. Mm. No, those were old when we were born. <laughs> Come on. My parents I, had a collection. I Man, know I'm your parents did, friend. because they were old. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, yeah, Leah he bones. Yep, Toka goes on his date. He he literally doesn't find his friends for two days. They're they're captured <laughs> for two days. And by the way, Yuna breaks out with super strength and is fine after two days of being chained to a wall. She's a beast. Well, she man. well she also said specifically, "I'm saving my mana in order to use my spell to increase my strength for the right moment." Toka and Marguerite go watch the fireworks, and um, he's like, wow, I've never seen fireworks before. She's like, we literally did this three years <laughs> ago. So she figures out he's not the hero. Oh, man. Um, her, her servants grab him. It's Isaac and a woman whose face that Toka can't remember in his own memory. God, I love this. It's so great. Can we see that later? <laughs> In his memories, he puts these two characters together. The head of Isaac, who that's all he can remember about Isaac, and the body of the woman, because he doesn't know what her face looks like. So he fuses them together. Yep. And I do love that that basically means he doesn't give any care right. about these two characters. Yes. <laughs> the princess runs off, um, and Leland ends up finding her, and then de devils start entering the city. So Toka goes at, uh, breaks away, goes after to save her, starts fighting the... Leland's cultists? I guess Leland has cultists. I think they were all skeletons. So The guys in the rubs were like... also skeletons? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he like probably raised them and then they were his adherents now, his right. cultists right. that were in skeleton form. They take Toka's head off and they <laughs> think he's dead, but he's not. So he tells everyone where they went and they went into the underground. They go into the underground. Yuna has escaped, broken free from the hunters that captured her. And then they go and rescue Henri, who's just covered in snot. And they have to play rock, paper, scissors to see who frees her because she's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> Great scene. Um, yeah. Then they go after Leland, who's getting ready to sacrifice the princess for his spell. And they attack him. And Henri's able to control his skeletons because she's a better necromancer than him, so he runs off. They fight him, but he, he overconsumes the mana drop, so he becomes powerful, so they, they have to run back away. And then um, Toka uses the the paint grapes to make a 
circular blood trail so that Leland will just go in a circle around the forest while they come up with a plan. Their thing is we need uh, Toka to have mana, and since Marguerite has this over buildup that she can't get rid of because of her disease, he just needs to have her bodily fluids. Which, okay, the moment they started talking about this, I was like, oh, this is just like the uh, undead farce that we just watched, you know? But they didn't go in that direction, probably because there's a whole body here. But still. Well, like, they're like, you just have to cry on him. And she's like, well, I've been trained as a princess never to cry. Yeah. Like, okay, then kiss him. My mouth is dry. Isn't that what she says? I think so. Yeah. And they're like, well, then you... You have to pee on them. <laughs> and they have her like, okay, I'm going to pee on them. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the, uh, the, what is it called when you just drop off? Oh, God. That's a bad thing. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Thank you. <laughs> that is the cliffhanger of the episode. Uh-huh. Squatting over his face. Yep. Skeletal face. Sit on my face. Right. <laughs> Family friendly show here, guys. But, right. Toka (laughs) is like, hey, let's not pee on my face. I have a plan. (laughs) And they they end up ambushing Leland, and she's able to use a bow and arrow to shatter his crystal. And they beat him, but then a red-faced demon arrives and starts destroying them. He's more powerful than all of them. And so Marguerite grabs Toka, who's had his head blasted, yeah, which yeah. is where the soul so resides. He, he pushed her out of the way of a blast, and that's okay. how he got blasted. Mm-hmm. So he's he's actually dying, and she's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to pee on you. <laughs> and he tells her, no, that's okay, and then I'm, I'm, I'm okay with dying. So she actually cries, and that lands on him. And then he comes back, all regenerated, super powerful. Like turbo-powered. I think like even more than probably the Soma Drops would have made him. Right. He turns the legendary sword into a giant radish club, including stocking. With a stocking. With a stocking. Yeah. And uses it to destroy the red-faced demon, who then we then find out was actually being controlled by a necromancer um, named Diego. And this is where we first meet Diego, who's kind of our main villain of this season. So what are your guys' thoughts on Diego? I thought he was a good villain. Um he had decent motivation. There was revenge involved. Um, I liked his craftiness and cunning when it came to not just battle, but also like his plans staying in the shadows. Um, I, I thought he was, and also like his hubris got the better of him, which I really appreciated, especially at the end. Um, and, and also like how he met is the end. I was a big fan of too. So, this is the stupidest um, way to die. <laughs> I, I actually, you know what? Uh, he, he may be my favorite character just because of like the way he was written. I was really, uh, I was really digging it. Yeah. I, I really liked him too. I thought he maybe laughed maniacally a little bit more than I was <laughs> a little bit more than I expected. But, um, but I also really enjoyed his motivations. Now, there is a point where he kind of exposes that his motivation isn't as much revenge as it is just, I love fighting and I want to burn the world so that I can keep fighting and make everybody fight like I do. And even that I thought was a good motivation for the kind of character that he was portraying. So 
I don't know. I, I think they kind of hit the ball out of the park as far as villains go with this guy. Um, he was ridiculous. Watching him in the fights cracked me up because, um, like you were saying, Jason, with his hubris, like even in the middle of a fight, he would just stop to to talk about, you know, oh, here's what I'm doing here. He, he would. Oh, God, what is it called? Ex- exposition. Yes. Monologuing exposition. He would just basically tell them where his shields were and all that and say, oh, ha ha, you know, you missed. But you can't hit around this shield or that. And it was just, I don't know, he, he was great. Um, he was the crazy guy on the bad guys team. And I, like, I also liked how he treated the demons because that was kind of, came out of left field and it completely changed my perspective on what the relationship was between the necromancers and the demons. It's not what we were initially led to believe. Yeah, because the, well, the necromancers were killed by the humans were sent back to hell with the demons where they had to fight for survival there. Mm, they were already in there with the demons like three years ago they came out i don't think they were sent back in after the three years though okay because he's well he said he had to fight the demons off to survive and that became his addiction is that thrill of fighting to survive um but now they have allied with the demons also because they've taken the bodies of the four main generals so i don't think the demons have a whole lot of choices yeah Uh, uh, but and him and the the guy who's Andre's brother, the leader of of this team, uh, I, like you said, it, they worked really well as like he's chaos. He's he's here just to fight. But the other guy's like, I got to have someone on my team. Like, yeah, I realize I can't control him and I realize what he's doing is terrible, but we're dying. We need, you know, and you get that her brother is kind of has noble intentions he's trying to defeat the king and let necromancers be free all very braveheart stuff but he had to hire the joker to be on his team (laughs) Uh, and that's the impression i got also in in the english dub the voice actor who plays him i love his voice i was looking up trying to find something like really to clear out whenever i hear him he's he's instant like oh the only thing though and like i said i love his voice I don't feel like his voice fully matches the face and body of Diego. <laughs> he's he's in Fire Force. He's the crazy scientist that eventually joins the the team on Fire Force. If you guys remember him, he had the big bushy hair. And he seemed like he was kind of a bad guy, but then he ends up joining the firefighters anyway. But he was also helping the the fire starters. He he has that great, slightly manic but super overconfident too voice. He just nails it perfect every time. But Diego's face didn't match up with it for me all right but i did like the um they uh now that they've saved the day yeah we switch over so they say goodbye to the princess and they're given what's totally not a van (laughs) magical carriage to drive around in, and only Henri can drive it because you need mana to fuel it, uh, and so they're not strong enough to drive it. And then they get a note from the princess while in there because she didn't join them uh, to say goodbye. That you know, blah blah blah. I left you a special thing in the trunk. You should, you should get this item. And then it shows her in the trunk, and they even ask, do you think the princess is in the trunk? They're like, no, she's way too smart and elegant for something stupid like that. She can hear them, and she's like, oh, God, I want to die now. 
<laughs> but then, then it says they don't find her for two whole days. Yep. She's almost and, dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so she joined. But at this team. point, she's cured of her. Yeah. Man of disease, the, right? Yeah. Otherwise, cured, she would definitely be dead. <laughs> she, she's cured of being interesting. Uh, and <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And also, she's in love with Toka, but her sorry, your your story arc is done. So, yeah, you get to become a background love interest. We're on yep. to Yuna's story now. Um, yeah, so she's she does training with them. They eventually get to a town, and they're the girls are taking a bath, and Yuna gets all flustered because Marguerite's talking about Toka, and so she leaves, finds him spying in the dressing room, so she <laughs> yeah. runs out. Okay, I love the fact that they call out because she's like, why do you keep using his body for this? Because Shion's body is way more fit and physically capable than Toka's body. Right. So he's like doing a Spider-Man thing on the ceiling because it's not, you know, the type of. Okay, it's funny because they're working with like the stereotypes, right? Like the type of person that would be that kind of a pervert would never devote as much of his life to what would be needed for physical fitness to be able to do something like this. So suddenly getting it, it's like the person who wins the lottery and then spends it all right away, right? Like he just, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do with what he has. So he uses it for all of his deviancy. And that is just hysterical to me. What I found kind of funny about this particular scene is that she starts putting on stockings out straight out of the bath. And then she was like, wait a second, I don't own stockings. (laughs) He slipped them into her locker. I love how, like, sometimes he's running and he's got, like, handfuls of stockings. He just keeps them on hand. Yeah, they use, they use them for, like, emergency clothing and stuff, like, yes. tying ropes and stuff. He just has stockings all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, She runs out, not mostly for the spine. She's, she's recalled that three years ago when she was in danger, he didn't come to save her, even though he could have. And it was Shion who saved her. So she's mad at him for that, uh, and she runs out into the street in her underwear, and the town folk are clearly zombies, but she hasn't seen a zombie movie, so she gets bitten. <laughs> she thinks they're all perverts. Yeah, she thinks they're all just being perverts. And her, what? If you run out of the un- in your underwear, you're the pervert. Right? In the, in the dub, they never use the word zombie. They all call them monsters. Yeah. So oh, I found that interesting. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's always hard not to judge people in zombie movies who get clearly bitten by easy, avoidable zombie attacks because you have to be like, they haven't seen a zombie movie. <laughs> it, well, uh, and they haven't seen zombies, it seems. Right. Or this like is, a zombie yeah, this play. Is this is brand right. new to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even when they bite her, she's like, well, what the heck? Why did they bite? So she, um, Toka saves her and then she starts feeling unwell and she's like, oh, this is like a thing. And she tries to get him to go away, but he comes back, and they're surrounded by zombies. Don't worry, the red-haired mysterious hero has arrived. He sprains <laughs> he sprains his ankle, and they all have to run away. Because <laughs> he jumps off the roof and does like this amazing attack, which like pushes a bunch of them back. But then he's like, "Ow!" Ow! I sprained my ankle. <laughs> and then in the, in the next scene. They're, so they're talking about what they're gonna do, and here he is mysteriously leaning against the wall off to the side. But he's got a bucket of what looks like cold water that he's standing in, soaking his, yes. his ankle in. 
Honestly, okay, I'm not going to give this anime a super high score, but that that this character might be one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so Henri and uh, Marguerite are also fighting off the the zombies. Um, and then yeah, they uh, Toka and Yuna get back to him, and Toka doesn't tell them that Yuna's been bit, even though he's aware that she's infected. Um, he, he literally makes the point. I'm not telling them. I'm not going to give up. Uh, they all go to the mayor's mansion. Because, of course, in this town, there's a rich mayor and he's got a big wall around his house. So they go there and all the other survivors are there. Um, and then Yuna starts zombieing it up. And they're like, why would the hero do this? We need to. And actually, her captor is there. And he's like, oh, I need to get her killed. Because she's going to recognize me. So he's like, zombie, zombie, everyone, bitten. Um, and then the people are like, why would the hero bring in a zombie? That's that's crazy. Again, no one is saying zombie, but I'm just shorthanding it. Uh, and he, he defends her. And then right when she fully turns, Henri takes over her body and is like, oh, I am fine. I am not a zombie. And so the townsfolk are all okay with it. Then we get the scene where Henri's where like, yeah, I'm going to have to control her and i can do that until i sleep and and, uh toko's like that's dumb you should put me in her body clearly (laughs) you need to drive the hero i don't need to drive the hero i need to be in her body so who's driving the hero well Henri is but Henri's doing it with normal normal necromantic spells. so the same thing but the difference is if she lets go of the hero he just falls down doesn't turn into a zombie and start biting people that's right, true. He, he's just he sleeps. A, there is a little yeah. bit of reasoning. So he he makes a compelling case, but he doesn't give a good reason why Marguerite can't do it. And he's just right. like, "Oh, yeah. well, Marguerite's a better fighter than me," uh, yeah. which is kind of true, but kind of not. So, like, so. He's like, okay, now I gotta go take a bath, everyone. I'm not, I mean, you just body. Know, this cracked me up. And they're oh, like, God. okay, just right away, blindfold yeah, you and bathe you. And then yeah, Which they were. Funny. It was funny because it just it foiled his plan. That was the whole reason that was funny, and because the whole time he's like, oh God, this hurts. I don't know, all not That's all the not what he was like saying. hurting. That, no. <laughs> I'm gonna interpret that as pain. <laughs> it was sensations he wasn't comfortable with, which was yes. hilarious. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was it's kind of a kind of a taste of his own medicine kind of thing. Yeah. Then he gets to go to sleep, but they decide to share the bed with him. So he's all pissed off about that. And then tie him up. And tie him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the demon, okay. Like he's laying there, he's like, what the hell is going on? Because <laughs> it wouldn't leave him alone in his own bed. <laughs> De- demons attack the wall and start, uh, let the zombies into the mansion. Um, they go and rescue the mayor. There's also this guy, Colin and his buddy. This is the hunters that captured, um, you know, they're running around like, should we help people? We don't help people. That would be wrong. We're selfish hunters. They don't yeah. really fully get their deal, but that's like literally having a conversation about we should save them. And I'm like, didn't you just capture an innocent woman two episodes ago? And now suddenly you have a conscience and you're surprised your friend doesn't. 
Well, it, I don't remember the bald guy ever taking any active roles. It just seemed like he was the sidekick to the little kid. Yeah, but I, um, I think he knew. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do, I do think that maybe they're just showing us that he does have a conscience and it's bothering him. I don't know, but it did, it did seem kind of weird to me too. Like it was, it was almost like there was an arc for these characters. But I did like the fact that you know, because the kid is like a bad guy, a villain, and he's also kind of creepy and uh, that he saw something he actually was inspired by in Toka <laughs> to the point that he like gave him his stuff. That was kind of funny to me. Like, yeah, the villain, that's, that's great. The villain likes you. <laughs> uh, Toka now, of course, in Yuna's body saves the mayor and the mayor's like, I have a, I have a safe room. Well, they go up to the roof. Where the redhead spear guy is up there just hanging out because he doesn't know how to get down. Yes. So they, they walk past and they him. Pass him like he's not even right. There. They don't even count him. Oh, okay, that's right. Never... One, two, three, four, five, six. And he's like seven. <laughs> so I go into the tower that's the safe room, and then the mayor starts firing cannons, and Toka's like. Dude, zombies, you don't tell them where you are. And then the demons start attacking the tower, and the mayor's like, how do they know where we are? <laughs> this show has its moments. It does. I gotta give it, it absolutely that. absolutely does. Uh, Toka uses, so he has a X-ray, x-ray vision crystal and a mana scene vision crystal, and he combines them both to see where the demons are. Um, and then they start fighting the demons, one demon they they weaken, but then they get stronger, and they find out that the they figure out because the main demon, the red faced demon that's with them, has the she's basically caused the zombie virus. She can she's like necromancing as well. Anyway, so they had to kill her to stop the the zombie plague. Um, and Toka is able to use the sword with Yuna's body. We find out. Uh, which is weird. Then we get, uh, we're in the next episode. And it starts with a, a party of adventurers arriving. This is the other legendary hero and her party. Uh, we're going to find out this is Millie, who is Yuna's sister. We've already referenced her. And then Fieri and then Shannon and Dorothy. Um, Fieri is Yuna's father and the other two are just former heroes that are in their party. Uh, your guys' thoughts on this twist that there's another hero party and these characters thoughts. I thought the introduction of the characters was okay Um, but it felt very side questy like what reason did these characters have to show up all of a sudden and then the whole I'm a legendary hero thing. It kind of, I actually did like the explanation we get later on, but at the time it felt ham fisty. Yeah. I was a little bit confused, but I interpreted it as like unreliable narrator or we're only getting part of the story. Maybe not necessarily that the story is being told to us incorrectly, but we're just getting part of the picture. Um, and so it intrigued me when they showed up. I, I thought, this is really interesting. I want to know where it's going to go. I want to know who these characters are. Finding out that they're actually related to her, I thought was a little bit cheap. 
Um, I would have liked it better if they had no relation and they were just, you know, um, maybe tracking him down because of his sword or something, because he's the legendary hero and, and they're like working with him or there's like competition among heroes or something to be the sacred hero. And he's always maybe that's why there's imposters is there actually people that are competing, trying to take his mantle. I don't know. Something else could have been, I think, more interesting. Um, but this served the comedy aspect well, I thought. Um, it gave a lot of opportunities for some silly shenanigans with her dad and um, and there and the other party members. I really liked the wizard. That that was some sleepy wizard jokes. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, it was it was all right. I, I don't really have a problem with it, um, but I think it could have been better. Uh, I'm intrigued again with the not so subtle hinting that the human king is the villain of our story um mm. the fact that he's out there making more heroes for himself <laughs> um i i find it intriguing so what what they're doing with the other hero party i i liked um millie as both another member of the harem and another girl to get undressed felt superfluous yeah just just too much extra uh however Fieri, who is doing all the things I have a problem with Toka doing, works for me completely. He he, he was hilarious. Every boob joke was funny. <laughs> yep. Especially the the best one is when there's a horde of demons chasing after naked girls, and he's in there. Boobies, <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> that made me laugh. Like that that humor works for me as a side character. It just that because you can do it just when you need it just a little bit every once in a while and it's clear he's a scumbag and nobody likes him because of it it works there was no oh but he secretly has a golden heart and is actually my one true love which makes it uh, it's a little distasteful this is a creep full creep we all recognize it's creep we can laugh point and laugh at the wily coyote falling off the cliff we never want him to catch the roadrunner but we love to watch him try that's why that character works for me yeah, 100% agree. Um, and I, I did like the moment of, you know, I'm going to have to kill you or you're on team boobies. Yes. <laughs> that was a good joke. No, he, he did it better. It was like the he made a thigh pun and then a boob pun back to back. I won't fault them for their thigh puns and, and boob puns. Those were well written. Those are great. I. Mm-hmm. Um, what what is the one where he calls his power? Um, it was it's and, and the fact that Diego b- believes it. Uh, Lush Lush thighs. Yes, Lush thighs. The power yes. of Lush thighs. The power Lush. of Lush thighs. <laughs> and Diego's like, ooh, the power of Lush thighs. I've never heard of that. And and everyone else is like, my God, they immediately I, get it. I I thought that was great. Nothing wrong with a great pun. And you and maybe there's a reason they went with eyes because like we can pun this up a lot. And and yeah. Toka does. He 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 does puns constantly and I did like him. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so they're there. The the high ranking devil runs away. Colin the creepy kid gets bit. Um 
<laughs> and then there's a scene uh, they go out outside of the wall and the mayor's like jumping on his horse to leave um little knowing that this horse is going to be a major character for the rest of the yeah. series i love the horse um he, i also like that they they start this mayor off with like classic evil fat mayor who only cares about himself and then like do a little character arc with him mm-hmm. just because again kind of a good little satire of the fantasy series of this kind of story i i like what they did with the mayor they they <laughs> convince him with um some bartering to help out and so he he leaves and then they go and they face off with diego diego shows up um and then the and millie and her party show up and they're so they're battling diego and then the the magic caravan comes in and smashes into diego and it's the mayor and he drove it and and they're like the power of loose thighs (laughs) like he's never seen diego how would we know to hit him and you Toka had built a wall to stop the zombies, but it had written in it, this is the bad guy right here. <laughs> He's got white hair. Hit him. He's got the white hair. Yep. yep. Um, Diego leaves, and so the two hero groups decide to travel together, and the mayor's going to go back to the king to try to get more help. Um, Colin gives his crystal. So he shoots needles, and then whatever he hits a needle with, he can use a red crystal to lightning zap it. He gives that to Toka, again, the unit's body. Um, and Diego goes and reports back to his superior. And then he has hired mercenaries, evil mercenaries, to stop the hero's party. And that's where we start, is their group is, the wagon has been surrounded by these, these, uh, well, it's really one, right? In her demon horde. Mm-hmm. So the Millie's group tries to fight him. While Toka's, it drives away with the, the wagon. But if it turns out to be a trap, and they fall down in this canyon that's full of fog and demons. They blame Toka for the trap because he's the trap guy. And he's yeah. like, I didn't think that. <laughs> he does save everyone by turning the sword into a cushion, though, when they fall off the cliff. Uh, but then they, they try to go out in the fog, but Millie loses all her clothes. Yeah, again. <laughs> again. Um so they end up like forming into a, a circle in a group and then um, all get stabbed one by one till it's just Toka. And he hides himself and is like, I give up. I surrender. And so this uh, trap lady is like, hey, give me the sword and we'll, I'll let you go. And he, he does. But then it ends up this was all a trap. Uh, they had faked it. Henri had done a spell. They capture her. And then Toka bows to her. He's like, guys. This is Ethel, my master, my senpai, the person who taught me to set traps. And I was like, no. Anyway, <laughs> thoughts on Ethel? Uh, I, it, it was, I think if she was introduced earlier, it would have been different. I think if we had some, because he, the thing is, Toka has an interesting backstory as a child, right? Mm-hmm. Like, his dad greedily goes to the battlefield. He he has to he loses both his parents and now he has to survive getting off the battlefield and getting back home. Um but this is an interesting backstory. And I think if Ethel was introduced earlier and then we got to know that, you know, she she had she she's not a good person at heart, but 
you know, she had a soft spot for this kid. And then we get introduced. Then then we see her here working with the demons. I think that might have worked a little better. But her coming out of nowhere to be this like shoehorned explanation for why Toka so good at the things he is felt a little awkward. Um, but her as a character, she was fine. She was just another side character in my my opinion. Mm. I didn't have as much of a problem uh, with him having some kind of experiences that justified why he's good at traps or even the dagger fighting later. That one, maybe mildly, I was like, oh, no, he's going to become more generic. Um, but this one didn't for me, the, the traps weren't as much of an issue. Uh, him having a teacher that, that taught him all of those things. I thought it was a, a good way to explain how he made it back home. OK, because that would be a crazy thing from that war zone to do it all by yourself at his age, because he would have been like, what, 14 at the time. Um, and I, I was kind of wondering what they were going to do when they were talking about his dad being a, a no-name mercenary earlier on. I was like, oh, okay, so his dad is clearly powerful, and we just don't know it, and he's inherited some kind of, and that's why he's the new hero, and all that's going to come, and maybe it still will, because I'm not, I don't remember there being anything 100% concrete that his dad is dead. His mom is, for sure, but I think his dad just disappeared, um, and is assumed to be dead by him. And so I, I still kind of wonder if he's going to show up. And so I, di I didn't mind that Ethel was there for that reason. Um, and I did. It came as a surprise to me uh, when he suddenly bowed to her in the fog. And the exchanges that happened were entertaining for the most part. Um, I do have to admit that, like, when when he uh, basically when he said, yeah, now I've defeated you. So you have to do what I say, basically. And then he tells her to get on her knees and like say she's sorry naked or something like that. I was like, it didn't really go there. Okay, they they did. <laughs> they they did. They went there. Okay. Um, 100% unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I want that one didn't land for me. I want I think they could have done so much with that. Uh just the concept that she owed him because of loss, like there was some kind of a honor among thieves situation there. Um, that could have played into something interesting instead of just this etchy moment. Um, and so that I was kind of disappointed with. But as a character, uh, I found her entertaining and interesting, especially because I wasn't 100% sure that she was on their team until like quite a bit later. <laughs> There's even a moment where she does something that makes it look like she switched teams. And I, I genuinely considered... This could be part of the plan, or she could have actually switched teams. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and that was nice, because that means that she was written well enough that I wasn't, you know, already completely confident and ahead of the story. So I, I thought they did a pretty good job for the most part with her. The, the only thing I really found interesting about her is her connection to the larger story of the, where they're like, why are you helping the demons? And she's like, go to the gates of hell and, I'll, and you'll find out. That's, true. that's a really tantalizing lore bit. Uh, and, you know, we, you know, find out later, like, hey, uh, we're not the real villains here and stuff. But this is our first bit of I'm not working with the bad guys. You are. <laughs> and and that's cool. That And, and then she ends up helping them because she knows that they're not evil. And maybe the guy she is working with aren't doing things the best way because Diego has gone totally off the rails. And the other guy, like he says, death just doesn't bother us. So it's not really like a morally bad thing to us like it is to everybody else. Um, so that was, and her 
I don't, we don't have to do things ethically anymore. <laughs> you can break into places and, um, that was kind of fun. Also, because she's an adult woman, the jokes about her body and then she beats the hell out of anyone who does that, <laughs> that works yeah. for me a lot better than the, yeah. the 16 year old girls who are going through it. So, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I liked having her in the story, I guess. So they convince, uh, Ethel to join them, basically force her to join them. And so she takes them using her demons that she has control of. They, she takes them to someone who can repair the magic carriage. A, a, a car mechanic, if you will. <laughs> yes. Uh, they break into his place and it's actually Shion's grandfather. There's a great joke here. This is another one of the best jokes in the whole series. Where he he's very rarely nearly blind, and is pouring tea on everyone's head <laughs> as, as he's talking to them, thinking he's filling their cups and explaining how he's blind and that he is Shion's uh, grandfather. And they show Henri as it's almost her turn, and she's like freaking out, like, "Oh my god, he's gonna pour it on me!" <laughs> and he does. <laughs> but there's just everyone else is just like surprised by it, but she has to see it coming and just has to wait for it to be her turn. <laughs> Her face was very good. That was a very Konosuba <laughs> moment that I very much yeah. enjoyed. It never, they never call it out. No one says a word about it. It's just Henri like, oh, no, 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 no. Ah! Very, very <laughs> funny. I like that one. Um, so <laughs> Marguerite offers to read books and learn how to repair it as well so she can join them. So she needs like three hours, I think she said. Something like mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. Meanwhile, Toka decides he's going to go off and spend some alone time with his luscious thighs. Uh, but he's he's first attacked by Millie, who wants to spar, but she's just doing it to test him. And she does the classic, like, you're, you've are you got to be strong. And she reveals that she knew that three years ago, he is really the one who had... He had known her and Yuna were being attacked and had set traps to slow down the demons so that Shion would have time to get to them to save them. So he had been very active during that time to the point where he had to be carried by Ethel afterwards um, to protect them. And Millie has been aware of this the whole time, but Yuna was not. Mm. Millie leaves, and then right when he finally gets to have some alone time with his thighs, he's attacked by a dream demon who touches his forehead and puts him into a dream. And in this dream, basically this is a, hey, we're going to go through all my flashbacks and memories and get my backstory. So we, um, but he spends it like first he's like being extra pervy. Hey, if I get to relive my childhood, I'm gonna do things right. Uh, but no one's reacting to it, which is, makes it very not fun for him. And then he realizes, okay, none of this is real. And then he finds Yuna's spirit, who's naked, <laughs> because her, he was in her body. They're both there in this dream state. Mm-hmm. But we start off with like we see his father hitting him, and so he was being abused by his father. Uh, Yuna befriended him. Then they keep going forward in time. Um, he finds his mother dying. He actually tries to save her from dying. And yeah, then we see him. Uh, Yuna admits she heard. She's been able to see everything. So she knows Millie, heard what Millie said about three years ago. And so now she knows the truth. And they keep going forward. Oh, the great, there's a great part where he gets to the, when they met Shion in the village. And she was just smacked away by the demon. And I, I, they never said it in the English dub, but my interpretation is because he looks down on Shion as an idiot. 
Shion was an idiot in his memories. <laughs> Same with uh, Kyle. Uh-huh. Uh, eventually, they get to the memory, though, of when they saved Princess Margaret from Leland uh, when he was at his strongest, right after uh, Margaret had cl- cried on him. But it's still not strong enough because any actions he takes, the Dream Demon's able to see, but he, the Dream Demon can't sense Yuna, so she takes... She holds his arms, basically, and has helps him control the sword so that the Dream Demon can't see it, and they beat him. Yeah. And in order to keep the Dream Demon from knowing what he's thinking, he just thighs. It's thighs. thighs Guys, thighs. The, the punchline <laughs> is thighs. So you haven't figured out the punchline is thighs by now. What are you doing? Yeah. I loved that. The demon's like, what? What? What do you think? Oh, no. <laughs> this is useless. Uh, after he comes out of the dream, he can now see Yuna's spirit form outside of the dream at all times um, because they're linked. And the carriage has been prepared. And then we see elite warriors being sent to attack the necromancers in the city. Now, the city they're in was actually Toka and Yuna's original home city, uh, but had been overrun by demons. They put Toka back in the hero's body. And then they put Yuna's body in chains in the back of the carriage. The mayor, the red-haired guy, and the horse all manage to reach the capital and um, ask for help. We see those elite magical warriors attacking the necromancers and basically just getting wiped the floor with them, showing how powerful Diego and the older brother of Henri really are. Oh, so when the mayor asked the king for help, they're like, okay, well, yeah, we have a guy, and it's Kyle, <laughs> who's still naked. <laughs> but, yeah, they enlist him to, to go, and he's like, yeah, that uh, I'll go help the hero. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Um, they trick Ethel, or he, yeah, he tricks Ethel into joining them again, because she had paid off her debt for being beaten, but now she's going to go help them. They go to the enemy city. Diego surrounds them with forces um, and Ethel stabs Toka right in the head, kills him. And she's like, see, I was on your team the whole time. But we find out, hey, Toka wasn't in there. Uh, right at the last second, Henri pulled him out and put him in his own body. This is all a plan uh, to fake him out. And they've gone underground through the sewer. Toka and Henri comes with and Yuna's spirit. And they come across these two weak demons who are like, hey, what's going on over here? And so they take over their body, bodies, go inside as these demons, and they see demons attacking a group of female adventurers. And so Henri so tries dumb, to convince them to stop, and they're like, shut up, white-faced demon. You don't get to say anything. You're weak. So he wrap, uh, Toka wraps a red bandana around his demon face, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm a traveling, very powerful red-faced demon. Uh don't kill humans, make them naked. And the other demons are like, yeah, that's awesome. But with stockings. Well, with stockings, yes, that's right. Yep. And then these two demons are like, hey, thank you for finally saying something. You know, this whole torturing and and mauling humans, that's not our thing. They're our food source, but, like, we don't like hurting them. Can you go talk to our queen, who, by the way, is the lady with the zombie virus, so that's who they're trying to find. And he's like, yes, I will go to your queen. And then he goes to the queen. And also when he's in the demon voice in English, he has this voice. Hi, everybody. My name is Red Face Demon. And I've come to travel with you and, and bring good tidings. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so he convinces the queen 
that he's on her side and that they should do a human greeting where you touch each other's foreheads because he casts a sleep spell on her. And then he goes on this rant of like, because she's like, I have this dream of like just not living in hell and, you know, we'll have to kill half the human race and then eat the other half. Uh, but it's you know just that so demons can be free and he's like well you're never gonna get your dream ha 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 <laughs> i'm gonna he, kill you while you're asleep yeah and he's saying it to the the two demons who asked them to, to talk to the queen and yuna's like are we the baddies <laughs> that was um, a great line no no but then diego comes and absorbs the queen so now he's the virus thing you have you have to defeat him to to free the zombies i also didn't mention diego's like hey uh, in three days, everyone with the zombie turns into a demon. Mm-hmm. So they are on a time limit. And the, the title cards keep saying, hey, we have this long till Yuna transforms. Um, so he also... Uh, Harry's brother? Yeah, Henri's brother. That's her name. Henri's brother shows up, and then Diego shows up. And and Andre's like, hey, big brother. And he's like, why are you helping the humans? He's like, well, I promised to help the humans. He's like, well, don't. She's like, well, don't be evil. He's like, I'm not being evil. I'm just trying to replace their king because they hate us. And they're like, and, and Toka's like, that actually makes a lot of sense, but you're doing it in a horrible way. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't care because I'm a necromancer and I don't really care about death. But then Diego comes. He's like, hey, we just got to kill everybody. Toka's lost the sacred sword. So he's like, hey, I challenge you to a one-on-one duel and you give me back the sword Diego's like or the, the older brother's like that's dumb he's not gonna do that Diego's like I like it I'm gonna do it so they go to the top of the tower but it was all a trick and they knock Diego down and zap him but he's actually fine he's like yeah I, I knew it was a trick I wanted to see how it played out um this kind of goes in circles like this for a little while <laughs> yeah Diego seems to have a Goku complex Yes, yes, that's exactly who I thought of. Yeah. Yes. And and they're like, okay, well, you have that demon's body, but I'm hitting with the sacred sword, so you can't regenerate. He's like, yeah, but I'm a necromancer, and necromancers can regenerate, so reverse card, Uno. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Uh, they keep doing that. Um, yeah. They keep fighting. Toka and Yuna team up so that they're able to use the Sacred Sword in a bunch of different prong attacks because he has portals to stop them, shield portals. And but with Yuna, he can get in sneak hits. But it's a it's a attrition battle of mana, which he loses. Yeah. So so he keeps drinking potions. And then performance enhancing potions. Right. But he goes, <laughs> yes. he drinks too many and he passes out. But don't worry. It's the red haired, dual spear wielding guy shows up on the tallest tower looking full on dragoon. He goes, I'm here. It's possible they can't hear me because he is like thousands of feet up in the air stuck yes. on this tower. So good. <laughs> it's the hardest I laughed. And seriously, <laughs> such such a good joke. How did he climb up there? But then Kyle shows up, and th- and that yeah, this is where Kyle's title title card changes. Basically, it got <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he and he's like, hey, I don't want to fight you. I'm just here to wait for Toka to wake up, and then I'm gonna take his body. 
And Diego's like, no, I, I want to fight. I'm here to fight. So he keeps attacking Kyle, and Kyle's like chopping him up. I'm like, no, oh, dude, what are you doing? This is dumb. And then he hits him with a big beam. And, of course, Kyle loses all his clothes. Uh, yeah, he's naked. Because he's like, I blocked it perfectly. But he's naked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then we see Toka is inside the sword. It looks like heaven. But uh, Shion shows up, and he starts running away from Shion because, you know, he assumes he murdered him. And Shion's like, no, dude, thank you for taking on the burden of the hero and going forward. I feel like we're friends. I've been in the sword the whole time, you know, watching you. This felt like a very parasocial thing for him to say. Yeah. Also, he points out that the sword accidentally has chosen Toka as the hero because that time that Marguerite cried on him, it thought, oh, this guy's got a ton of mana. And makes him the official hero who can wield the sword. That's why he can now wield the sword in any body he's been in. Um, Also, there is a portal to a magical world of naked girls and stockings only. Um, Well, it's whatever the legendary hero wants. And that happens to be what he wants. (laughs) And he's like, well, you could go in there or you could try to save Yuna one more time since the time is almost up. And at first he's like, I don't have enough time, so I'll just go in there. And he's like, well, you have a little bit of time. He's like, all right, well, if I have a little bit of time, I'll go save Yuna. Um, so then he comes out, and he starts fighting, and then he's in Shion's body, and Toka's body starts moving, and everyone realizes Shion's in it. And even with no mana, he starts tearing Diego up. Because he he's like, like moves the arm. He's like, yeah, I can work with this body, even though it's totally unfit. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure that he has the mana because the mana is attached to your soul. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's got mana. I did like that. They were, they had consistency because he was using just a regular blade and that's what he said. He wasn't particularly guarding against because he was worried about the sacred sword. So mm-hmm. when Shion just starts cutting him up, he wasn't prepared for it, which I really liked. Yeah. Shion goes for a final blow and fails. So then he turns, he, well, he, and he was told earlier by Shion, turn the sword into a dagger so all your mana will be concentrated into one tiny little blade. And then Ethel, who's been fighting with Henri's brother, but in a like, we're buddies kind of way, but on different sides. And, but she's watching the battle now. And she's like, oh yeah, I've trained him in daggers. Now he'll be able to dodge everything. Yeah. yeah, that one. That one. I agree, <laughs> especially because we had like Marguerite training him and stuff. And he never once said like, no, no, like I've been fully trained in daggers. I'm I'm actually a great fighter. <laughs> and he never even tried to imagine the sword as being a dagger, which if you were trained in daggers and you could make your sword anything you want, why wouldn't you? Anyway, uh, he dagger strikes him, defeats Diego, who I should sorry. Um I'm rushing, but Diego's in a demon general's body and it goes back to his body, which is paralyzed in the forest, in the forest. He because he threw his little mini coffin into the forest so no one could find it. But all those low level demons who he's been abusing because he loves abusing demons, find him and all these little weaklings tear him apart. And he's like, this is the stupidest way to die. (laughs) Yes. Uh, the battle's over. 
we get a scene. It kind of jumps forward a little bit, and you get a scene of like um, the mayor celebrating, and he's offering Toka all these women while he's gonna go get his prize he was promised, which is Marguerite being naked in stockings. And she's like, Eric, my tutor, save me. And Eric's like, no, I also want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is which that. is a major departure from her tutor's previous behavior. Right. Like, he's been very protective of her, so it didn't really fit his character. Yeah. Uh, Yuna sees Toko with the other girls and grabs him, takes him to the room. <laughs> and he, she had made a promise that it, when she thought he was dead, that he, she'd let him be with her thighs. And That's he's right. like, well, you, she's like, well, okay, I'm going to give you that promise. hundred strokes. hundred strokes. Ba- basically, they're going to do it. Yeah. And then he, he's like, wait, she owns in the, in the sacred sword and he's right here. So I got to get rid of him. So he throws the sacred sword out the window. <laughs> and she's so embarrassed that Shion saw her like that as she runs out. And then it shows Shion who was watching from the sword with a bloody nose, like, I was only taking a peek. <laughs> like that. Then the girls all bathe and bond. And Marguerite's like, we're love rivals now. And then we jump back to Shion before he gave up the body, went back in the sword, um, saying, hey, you got to go get trained in how to use, how to get your mana bigger. And Kyle, quit being a villain. Bad Kyle. <laughs> but you and the mage from the other party are going to take him to person who's going to train him. And that's the end. So Kyle's on his team now. Kyle's good, I guess. Sort of. <laughs> we'll I see. did. I missed the scene where Kyle arrived and he's like, I'm a good guy now. And Andre's like, yay. And, and Yuna's like, he just said he was going to kill Token like literally yeah. five seconds ago. <laughs> All right. We're at the ending now. Any thoughts on this ending? Let's go to final reviews. Jeremy, your pick. What'd you think? Um, you know, I was gonna give it a lower score, but I've really laughed a lot, and I'm finding that I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I did. Uh, so in the end, I gotta give it a four. Um, yeah, yeah, it was good. I I think I would probably watch a second season, as long as they don't get generic. Um, if they go generic, I would be very disappointed. Um, but yeah, this is this is worth a watch. Right, Jason, the story is pretty mid, but the jokes are great. Um, I don't like I the etchy didn't work for me, and so like I want to like my instinct is to give it a two, but I'm gonna go with a three just because of how much I laughed. I. I didn't think I and I also like the which one was it? It was the uh loosh thighs. I hated that joke and I was angry at myself for laughing as hard as I did at it. So <laughs> yeah, three for me. I'm still gonna go a two. It's a high two. There's a there you're not wrong. There's a lot to like. Like I said, there's there's a really strong foundation in here. I just don't feel like they believed in their own premise i feel like there's a lot of lazy writing that i skipped over yeah in our recap we hit a lot of the high points but there's there's a lot of lazy edgy stuff mixed in Mm -hmm. so i got bored a lot and then there'd be like a really great thing i'm like oh that's hilarious i'm laughing i'm I'm belly laughing and then okay there's another naked 
girl and thighs. Yeah, thighs. We get. I got the thigh joke. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, oh, thigh pun. That was good. I like that. Um, that that was my experience. So a high two, but it, it's not something I have any interest in. Keep watching. Just a two for me. All right, that wraps up. The legendary hero is dead, but next time we'll be discussing the anime Pluto. Again, this is a longer anime than usual. Only eight episodes, but they're hour long. Uh, but that is our, our next topic. If you have thoughts on this anime, Legendary Heroes Dead, or any other anime we watch, please feel free to reach out to us on our Twitter at Baka Podcast, our email, theanimebakaclub.com, hit the contact us button, or leave a comment wherever you found this podcast. It is likely getting back to us. If you haven't heard a response, that's most likely because I'm too lazy. I apologize. It's been a really busy week. But keep sending responses. I, I, I caught up. I caught up on the responses, I think. I think I think we're all good. Thank you for those who sent comments. That would be good. Mm-hmm. We do answer. I was just joking. We totally answered. <laughs> Let's say goodbye. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Sayonara. <laughs>